If you feel that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Good Friday morning. Oh, actually, we're in Kansas. It's Friday afternoon. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. I'm Myrna. I, I, I thought I just woke up. I'm Annette. Yeah, and we'll introduce our guest here pretty soon. We are here, obviously, in, in Kansas, and we did hand out some little flyer thingies to see if somebody will call, contact us and be on a show with us, huh? Yeah, and we also went on Facebook. Yes. And introduced our show. We did, but we can't get on Facebook today. Of course. We're doing a show. So we can't get Nothing on Facebook. Nothing unusual. No. I don't but, but I'm I was filming it. Oh, she was filming it, but I just see her her screen thingy right now. Technical so, difficulty. That's yeah. our that's our new name. Technical, technical difficulty. All right. One and two, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what, today we were we had another guest actually. Um, if you read the, if you read about our program today, um, her name was Darlene. But Darlene is really having a struggle um, in the land of forgetfulness this week, and we just felt like um, that it was better for Darlene to not be put through um, an interview today. It was just pretty bad yesterday. So we have recruited someone else and um, her name is Jennifer and she's going to talk to us about her father-in-law JD and he has um, it's called Louis body dementia and it's LBD and it's a progressive dementia that you have visual hallucinations and shuffling walk and that's kind of sounds like Parkinson's and it will mimic some of the Parkinson's um, symptoms but it is not definitely not Parkinson's it is a progressive dementia that results from protein um, deposits in nerve cells of the brain. And I didn't know this till last night when I was doing some research on it, but it's more than 200,000 cases per year in the United States. And it is the second most common dementia after Alzheimer's. I have no, I didn't know that. Because I just thought, you know, all, I mean, no, I knew Alzheimer's was number one, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And obviously there's no cure. But they try to just treat the symptoms. I don't think there's a cure for Alzheimer's either. No, there isn't. That's a sad, sad thing. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to be talking to Jennifer about that. So, um, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. It's nice to have you here. She's she's nervous, um, and it, and this is this is a tough thing because she's this is freshly freshly um, freshly done her. Father-in-law came to live with them about a year ago. Yeah. So, um, but presently he is not here in the home. So. And it wasn't something easy for them to deal with. No. No, it was not. It was a hard, hard thing to live with. My sister is the one that was going to be on the show, and she has um, dementia. And Mm -hmm. she's the one that was struggling, and it was really really difficult yesterday she started in having uh crying spells and saying she wanted to die so i thought it wasn't good for no. her to be on the show today so no. we asked jennifer to stand in and do the show today 
and it's not easy even for her. No, so. nope, it's not. So, so, so maybe Jennifer, you would like to tell us a little bit about your life struggles that you've had dealing with your father-in-law when he was staying with you guys. I don't know really. <clears throat> Sorry, where to start? Um, you want me to start from the beginning? Yep, <laughs> that'd be good. Um, he had an, a, I wouldn't say an accident, really an incident at his home um, the first part of May last year. And at that point, um, James, my husband, and I decided that, um, I don't know what. No, baby. It's okay to cry, honey. So they decided that J.D. needed to come up here. Yeah, he just was not getting the care he needed down there. Um, and so uh, we brought him up here. And thinking that... Yeah, thinking that, that they could get him back on his feet, not knowing that... Um, that they would soon get a diagnosis of dementia, which is, like, like we just read, is not fixable. And so that was a blow. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's in, mm -hmm. in Missouri, and that would have been much easier to deal with because mm -hmm. it's, it's a much easier disease, basically. Um, we got him to the doctors up here, and they diagnosed him with Lee body's dementia. And... Uh, like mom said, there's nothing basically you can do. Um, every medicine we would put him on would do the opposite of what it was supposed to do for him. Um, he might do he might do very well with it for the first week or two, and then after that, we would notice um, changes in him that um, that hindered him functioning daily. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he, he was already hindered in his daily functions anyways due to um, the uh, dementia, but it would, they would be more pronounced, mm -hmm. I guess mm -hmm. is the word. Yep. More amplified. So, yeah. So, um, so basically we um, took him off medicine because it, it to us, his quality of life on that medicine was not something he would want because mm -hmm. um, it would either make him really drowsy and lethargic or he would sleep all the time. And you have to understand, J.D. was um, a highly intelligent individual and um, very active. And to see someone who, as James puts it, he could look at an airplane oh piece and program the machine to make that piece wow so and he would know when the machine was when the tooling in the machine was off or needed sharpened or changed or whatever because i mean he was he had done it for so long that mm -hmm. anyways i mean just to see him i think that's one of the hard things i had was watching him become and i guess the best way to describe it is a three-year-old again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because he, he he didn't even know what the machine was. He he was 
computer genius. He couldn't even use a he couldn't even turn a computer on anymore. So, um, anyways, we we did what we could for him. All right. Well, and it, it's not, it, and it's part of the disease too, um, listeners. That what Jennifer is saying is that that they can be fine one day. And the next day, because that's the fluctuation of the cognitive um, functioning, and that's part of the disease. It's not just the medication, too. It's, it's part of the disease, because oftentimes a person may function fairly well one day, and on the next day, be totally disengaged with a sudden and, and profound loss of, of memory and functioning. And I don't know if you guys, um, the first stage of, of the Louis body dementia was is a dist- hallucinations. Uh-huh. Did you experience those or distortions of reality, such as delusions, restlessness, acting out dreams during sleeping? Um, I don't. He would hallucinate. He um. He sometimes there would be a squirrel in the front room. Um. Mm. One time he picked up the TV remote, put it to his ear, and started talking, and then turned to me and handed it to me, said, it's for you. Um, he did hallucinate. I mean, he. I remember him telling um, one of us, I don't know if it was the caregiver or if it was you or if it was James, about um, a little girl that would visit him in his room. Um. So, but yeah, there were hallucinations. When he was in Missouri, he he hallucinated a lot. But some of that was due to the medicine Mm -hmm. that he was on and the dosage of the medicine that he was on. And so that's one reason why we, when we got him down here, that we we were very strict about what the doctors put him on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. to get the doctors to listen to you saying, hey, you don't understand whatever you do. You've got to watch what you put him on because it does the opposite of what you're going to think it does. But we learned real quick that (laughs) the doctors know everything. And just because you live with him doesn't mean you know anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So you had to just go along with it. Yeah. Did he ever feel like, um, I mean, I, I know that he shuffled. Yes. A lot. And um, did he ever appear to freeze or get stuck as um, they're moving around? Only if we started, um, if we were in a hurry to go somewhere, he would, because then in our hurriedness, we tried to hurry him, and mm-hmm. you can't do that. You have to be, it's, like I said, it's like a three-year-old that, that doesn't understand anything. And so you, we would have to, if we wanted to leave anywhere, we'd have to start like 30 minutes before saying, Dad, we're going to leave. We need to get our shoes on. Here's your jacket. Here's your hat. Go out this door. Okay, watch the steps. I mean, it was literally telling step by step. step by step. And if you went too fast, then he he would freeze, or he would decide he wasn't doing it, and turn around and go the opposite way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so he had a lot of stubbornness. 
Oh, yeah. Was he stubborn before the disease? He was stubborn before the okay. disease. Because that's kind of what I remember. Yes, he was very, yeah. And I just, I, I remember telling James, you know, you're just like your dad. And I can only imagine <laughs> this is just a forewarning of what my life will be like when I get old. <laughs> stubborn. And I don't know that they know of a cause of, of this dementia. Well, I think with dementia comes along with that, um, what was that called? That um, It's not just dementia, it's where they get the anger and all that stuff with it. Mm-hmm. The defiance? The well, no, it's, got a, it's a disease that goes with it. It's not just dementia. I don't know. You'd have to give me more than that. My uncle had it. Oh. But we'll talk about it more after break because yeah. we got to go on break right now. So when we come back, we'll talk about it. Okay. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4 verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com Now, back to Myrna and Annette Alright, thank you for joining us back from break. We've been talking with Jennifer who um, has had her father-in-law live with them since May of 2018 and he's not living with them presently but we we're talking about the challenges of having someone with dementia living with you in your home and how you have to um, step by step and very slowly. Yes. So 
you you've talked something about your frustration. What was as you saw JD? Because and in, in the early stages, there's still memory is usually still intact, and um, so cognitions are still um, they're still there. They're not really effective, but there's still some cognitions there, even though there's hallucinations and, and delusions. But what did you see as JD's frustrations? Well, early on, we noticed that he, like I said, he was a computer genius, mm -hmm. machine guru guy, and um, he has a shop on his uh, property down in Missouri, and so James would go down there and uh, help him because James noticed that he would forget little things. Um, he would turn the computer on, and then he would not know how to get to his email. Or if he got to his email, he wouldn't know how to either delete it. Or, I mean, just mm -hmm. very simple things mm -hmm. that if you weren't watching him, you wouldn't really catch on to. And um, the biggest thing, I think, was when they went down to the shop to work and he noticed, James noticed that he, he would get very frustrated because he would stand in front of the um, machine and you have to, it's, it's kind of like a, keyboard and you have to punch in the commands or whatever. I don't know. I'm not. You have to code it. Yeah, code it. Thank you. And he would stand there and just stare at it. And then um, he always had his eyebrows scrunched together and his, they would get more scrunchy. <laughs> <laughs> With more frustration, they With got more, more scrunchy. Yes. I'm With sure more. that is a technical term. <laughs> scrunchy eyebrows. <laughs> and, and so then he would actually have to stop and think about what he was doing whereas before he would just it was it. automatic it was automatic so um so you all saw this coming but you didn't know what it was but we didn't know what it was because we because in 2015 i think it was he had a botched hernia surgery and long story short they ended up he coded three times they ended up replacing seven liters of blood so we we kind of thought, well, maybe that has something to do with it because, you know, the brain was deprived and, and, but he seemed to bounce back from that sort of, mm -hmm. when you look back on it. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of just chalked it up to that. And then, and then he got himself on the computer and self-diagnosed with Parkinson's and, then the doctor diagnosed him with Parkinson's or tremors or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. Essential tremors, I think that's what they initially started with. Um, but there was that frustration um, when he was living with us. Um, he would get frustrated because he would, I remember that um, our son had friends over and they were eating lunch and JD was like, why are those kids in our house eating all of our food? This is ridiculous. They don't pay for that. <laughs> and so, I mean, just well, at least he called it our house. Yeah. Well, you know, just his frustration of not understanding mm -hmm. um, that that was his grandson mm -hmm. and foods, food and, you know, you eat just as much as a teenage boy does. So I've been, we've been there when he's eaten and he eats a lot. I have seen that. Yes. So, mm -hmm. um, and 
It's a matter of confusion. Yeah, yeah. And I remember him telling James, too, that he he didn't want to be a hardship on us. And he was, um, you know, he he would try to um, give James money for having him live here. And we're like, no, that's not that's not what we're we're doing here. Mm-hmm. You're just here because we love you and we want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. So just let us love you. Love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, in the middle stages of, of the LBD, it's um, the symptoms obviously develop more strongly and they resemble Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. So I can see why he would get a diagnosis of that, um, such as increased impairment of the body's motor function and falls difficultly with speech, um, impaired ability to swallow and increased paranoia and, and delusions. And the cognitions also continue to decline decreased attention and significant periods of confusion. Did you experience all of that with him? Yes. Yeah. So how's, how's all that stuff and, and working with him in the household like that and everything affected you and your family and your marriage? It was a rough year. <laughs> I'll bet. Um, I mean, it still is. It still affects you. You just mm-hmm. don't walk away from something like that and not, and not be affected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very thankful for my husband. <laughs> um, very thankful for him. Um, uh, we, um, if we didn't have each other, we wouldn't have been able to make it through what we've been through. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, he, I looking back on last summer, I can see areas where I failed and he picked me up, where he failed and I picked him up. And the scripture says that that's why God puts us together. Two are stronger than one. And that's I asked him. I said, "Why? Why us? Why us?" And he said, "Because." God knew that we were the ones that were going to be able to take care of him the way he needed to be taken care yep. of, and he knew we could do it, so that's why it's us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I probably will never forget that. It, coming from my husband, you mm-hmm. guys know that that's yeah, pretty pr- profound. That's a great statement. Mm-hmm. So our, our, our oldest moved out in the middle of all of this, so he was... Um, he wasn't really, I mean, he felt the effects of it because there were things that we couldn't do with him during this stage of his life. Our youngest had a very rough summer. Um, but God is good. Mm-hmm. And um, it's affected Brayden. Probably more than Jay because Braden was here for it. Right. Um, but well, I, I know that you said that um, at one point that you know, with all the caregivers here and everybody coming in and out, when when JD did live in the home, that sometimes that was tr- tough on on Braden. Yeah, but we had one caregiver that I mean, we, um, even though JD's not in our home anymore. <clears throat> That we still stay in contact with her. And, oh, good. And, um, both the boys loved her 
to no end. And I mean, she was great with, with GD and <clears throat> sorry. And, um, and she was great with the boys because she would give them, I mean, she would give them advice too, because she's have children of her own, you know, so she's been through mm -hmm. friendships and girlfriends and boyfriends. And so. Oh, that's good. Did we meet that one? I don't remember if we did. Amy? I don't remember meeting Amy. I think it would have been last May or June. June. So that would have been at the beginning. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if she was here or if uh, or if the other girl was here when you guys were here. I don't remember. Okay. So, but so what you're saying is that it was a marriage enrichment year. Yeah. Well, it could have been the opposite. It could have been the opposite. Um, yeah. But so, um, I think that's awesome that because I agree with James that that God knew that you guys would take care of JD the way that you did. Yeah. And I think JD knew that and he appreciated it. Yeah, he he told me thank you several times. Mm. I remember when I used to take him, he used to take me by the hand. I thought I would take him by the hand, but he took me by the hand. We'd walk out to the patio, and we sat out there and talked about God. And he used to tell me he was going to fly me on an airplane up to heaven. I said, what if you get there before I do? He'll be waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you, hopefully you're not going to do any flying any too soon. Yeah. Yeah. We need you around here. Yeah. So, but it's yeah. whenever I could understand what he was saying. Oh, okay. Sometimes yeah. I couldn't understand half of what he was saying. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Jennifer, how do you how did this affect or how did it affect what we're talking about that about your relationship with Christ? I learned that I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. There were several times when I was helping JD, and I'm like, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And I, I would just sit there and and say, Okay, God, I can't, I can't do this. You've you've got to do it because I'm done. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, we powered through, and and I mean, I can. I remember one time. Um. I, I had had enough, and I was helping him. Well, I was trying to help him. Um, he was just basically standing there because he was not understanding what we were doing. He needed to take a shower. And I, was, I, I remember saying, God, I can't do this. You've got to do it. And I could just feel strength, his strength coming. Mm -hmm. And I did it. So, many of those, many mm -hmm. of those. So, what you're saying is that all things work together for good to those who trust in Jesus and are called according to His purpose. All things. The, the bad things are mixed in with the good things. Mm -hmm. And you can see God's hand at work. And then as you look back over it, you, you are, you, that is your testimony. No one can argue with you about that because you know that you know with all your heart that God brought you through that god gave you that strength and he gave you that peace and he was there to work through you in your hands and in your head when we come back from break we'll be talking to jennifer some more 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abbadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. All right, we are back from break. We've been talking with Jennifer about her father-in-law who um, has the, it's called, LBD, Lewy body dementia. It is the second most common dementia after Alzheimer's. Um, 200,000 cases per year in the United States. And it has, uh, it's a very progressive disease, very aggressive and progressive. We've talked about the middle stages. The, the later stages are um, extreme muscle rigidity and sensitivity to touch. The care becomes necessary for almost all activities of daily living. Speech is often difficult and may be um, turning to whispers or absent, not, not being able to speak at all. Um, Lewy body dementia typically causes the person to become susceptible to pneumonia and other infections due to weaknesses within the body. And I, I know that it was also hard of swallowing and um, they can aspirate easily after doing some of the research. Um, I know, Jennifer, we've, we've already alluded to the fact that J.D. Was, was in your home, and it got to the point where you guys, and I know it was a hard decision, because um, you called us up, and, and we all prayed about it. Um, and that just showed your love for J.D. and your willingness, you and J., James's willingness to do what was right and what God wanted you to do. What, what was the turning point for you guys to say, all right, we need to find an outside um, caregiver instead of JD living here in our home. And how hard was that for you guys? Um, JD had gotten to the point where he would get aggressive with James. 
and um, he had gotten aggressive with the caregiver, and he had gotten aggressive with me. And See, that surprised me that he got aggressive with you. I mean, it doesn't, and it doesn't, but because of the disease, but. Um, but it wasn't him. Right. And I think after that incident in, um, I think that's what, at that point, we, well, and he actually went after our oldest son, too, which that and going in the caregiver were kind of one and the same. It happened in the same day. Um, our oldest had come home, and J.D., in his mind, the caregiver was his girlfriend, and they. Um, and when Jay came home, he saw Jay as a threat, and so uh-huh. he went... Uh, he went after Jay, and so Jay went out the back door, and the caregiver stepped in between the back door and JD, and then he he grabbed on her, and so um, we decided it was probably uh, we needed to look for some place for him to be because for him to be aggressive with either James or I was one thing, but the boys was mm-hmm. definitely off limits, even though, I mean, JD was what, he is six, three, maybe. I mean, he's a tall mm-hmm. man he's and, tall. And, and very, I mean, he's not, I mean, he, he's just big. He is. He's mm-hmm. very present mm-hmm. and, um, and he had strength, mm-hmm. even though the disease made him weak when he, was upset he had strength. The adrenaline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's like you you can mess with the mom and the papa bear, but don't mm-hmm. go near the cubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and you could tell after each incident, um, once he, I say, once he came down from the event mm-hmm. and kind of, because he would still have moments where he was lucid. So mm-hmm. you could tell that he, he knew he had done something harmful or wrong or not right, but he had n- no idea of how to express what was wrong or, okay. or to apologize right. okay. or to talk about it. So, okay. I mean, and so we... And, and he probably didn't know how to stop it either. No, no. he didn't. Mm-mm. And he and James and him sat down and talked. And I mean, I remember James telling him, Dad, you have never, ever, ever laid a hand on a woman ever. So why? And but looking back now, we you know, we know it's the disease. It's, right. it's not him. Mm-hmm. And that's what one thing you have to remember when you're a caregiver for these people is that They'll cuss at you. They'll swing at you. They'll call you names. Call you names. They'll throw things. They'll take all the clothes out of their closet and throw them all over the room, and not pick them up because they don't understand that they need to pick them up. And you, you just have to literally roll with it because they don't understand. And even though you explain to them, they there's it's just not there. 
Mm-hmm. So, and we we decided that we just needed to put him somewhere where that's another thing that he did was he would never, the man would never hardly ever sleep. Mm. And so um, if he would sleep, it would be maybe 30, 45 minutes here or there, might be two or three hours if you were lucky. Um, and so we couldn't allow him to roam around our house, which is what he did in his bedroom at night. He just mm-hmm. would roam back and forth, back and forth. And so we decided that he needs to be in a facility that he could roam the halls. He can walk 24 seven um, or shuffle would be a better mm-hmm. word. Um, and if he wanted to sleep, but he could go to sleep. If he didn't want to sleep, he could be up and he wouldn't be disturbing anyone in the house. And he wouldn't, I mean, we have a two story house. So obviously stairs Yeah. without someone being there with him to go up and down. That's obviously not, a good idea so um at that point we decided he just needs to be somewhere where they can where he can just roam well for his safety and mm-hmm. for his safety too mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so how hard was it to find someplace what did you look at oh we looked at um different places um we went to one that basically it was built in like a circle so you could just do uh-huh. laps. um it was a nice place. They had activities, um, but they turned us down. And so you go to the next place, and you go to the next place. Okay, so so they turned you down because? They turned us down because even though they are a mental health facility, a Alzheimer's, what they call memory care facility, mm-hmm. um, they were unable to give J.D. the... Um, care and um, basically the care that he that they thought he needed and James and I look at each other and thinking wait a minute you're a memory care unit how could you not give someone with dementia the care they needed we don't understand that and um, somewhere in there they said something about he had had thoughts of suicide and and I remember talking to Mm -hmm. you about that saying Honestly, mm-hmm. how does a person with this disease who can't even put on his own shoes know how to kill himself? Right. There's no, there's, um, how could he, what could be the plan, right? Right, right. What could be the plan? And so. Because the doors would be secure. Right. The doors are all secure. He's not, he can't get to medication. Mm-mm. There's no um, arsenal of guns. No. So I, I, I guess he could. I don't know, hang himself with the sheet? He couldn't figure out how to do it. Exactly. There's no problem-solving skills. No, they're all gone, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So once he did that, he was out of there, huh? Yeah. Once they thought that. Yeah, they they wouldn't take him in. So I remember telling James, I was like, well, you know what? That's fine because that place was too big and too many people, and it would just freak him out anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you always got to justify it, right? <laughs> so... um we ended up at a place that had a memory care unit that was secured, so there was no way for him to go outside of that unit unless it was with one of us or with one of the nurses or caretakers. And um, so that's where we ended up. And um, we it was we made sure that either James or myself were there visiting him um, 
at least six days a week. We tried I mean, the best we could to do seven, but sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. one day would fall through the crack. Mm-hmm. But we, at least one of us was always there, if not both of us, mm-hmm. on a daily basis. I bet he looked for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, there was a, um, a doorbell you had to ring. And I remember being in there one time with him, and he rang the doorbell. And actually, it was James ringing the doorbell. And J.D. knew what that meant. Oh. That, that door uh-huh. was going to open. So he started checking down the hall, and here comes James in the door. And he, he just, uh, his whole mm. language changed. He was so excited that James was there. and. Mm. What a memory, huh? Yeah. That's kind of, that's neat. That's awesome. So um, he got good care there then. He has good care there. Perhaps? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. As much as can be. Well, you know, yeah. it's, um, again, it goes back to the doctors and, mm-hmm. and them not listening to, I, I, I have had this man in my house. I know, mm-hmm. I know his health. I know his you've got to listen to me and they don't. So I remember telling you, I'm just going to bring him back home because mm-hmm. nobody listens. Nobody, you listens. know, and doctors don't listen that much anyway to even what you say on your own health. Yeah. It's, you know, if your body, you know, what's going wrong with you. And when you tell a doctor what's going wrong with you, they just, here's just some pills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and pretty that's much what it is. Basically, what they do with this disease is here's some mm-hmm. pills. These will help him sleep. These mm-hmm. will help his his attitude. Mm-hmm. These will help his aggression mm-hmm. and take care of the symptoms. That's about all there is. And that, and that's what that is exactly what they say is medication and therapies at managing the symptoms. Mm-hmm. That's all they can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm work no it obviously doesn't work it doesn't work so um so the challenge challenge i mean there's a challenge when you have him in your home there's a challenge when you have to decide that to take him out of your home there's challenges when he's in a care when he's there in the care facility too and it's awesome that he um will will when he changes his demeanor Mm -hmm. to see you guys he knows that you're going to come Did you guys try to come every day? Yes. About the same time, I mean? Um, yes, because I would usually go over around lunch. Well, after they ate lunch, um, on my lunch hour. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, James was usually there after work. Okay. So it's pretty consistent. And that's one thing with dementia is mm-hmm. consistency. consistency. Routine. Routine is huge. So he was looking for it. Yeah. He knew. Mm-hmm. He knew what time it was. So, well, as we go into break, we will come back and kind of wrap things up about um, J.D. and Jennifer and James and Louis Body Dementia. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. 
We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to abadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Well, I hate to tell you guys, but you got Annette instead of Myrna. (laughs) We decided we're going to add another guest in with us, and we want to say, Jennifer, you've done a really good job. But now we want to talk about the joys you've had with J.D., because I know there had to be some good times with him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know where to start. (laughs) Um, We um, started going to breakfast with my grandmother on Saturday mornings. Her and her lady group go to McDonald's every Saturday morning. So um, living through this opens your eyes to what matters in life. And so we all look forward to going to McDonald's. (laughs) Our extra guest is Twyla, her grandmother, my grandmother, and Myrna's grandmother. Twyla, you want to say hi to everybody? Hi. This is my first experience. So, yes, like Jennifer said, we always go to McDonald's for breakfast, and they had this certain Saturday morning, they had brought J.D. with them, and, and we were standing up by the counter while uh, James was ordering their food, I had already ordered mine and I was waiting. And uh, JD was up there, and, and I said to JD, I said, Well, this looks like we're going to have a good day today. And he said, Yeah, when I could understand what he was saying. And then all at once he says, You know, you're really easy on the eyes. And I thought, oh, my. 
Uh, at least on his eyes. Well, yeah. yeah, I looked good to him. And anyway, I I went over to where James was was, and I said, "Do you know what your dad just said to me?" And he said, "No." And I told him, and he said, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so that was our morning. <laughs> I remember when he used to. And Twilight would come walking in over here, and J.D. would be sitting at the counter, and we'd be talking, and all of a sudden, his eyes would come up and follow Twyla all the way into the living room. <laughs> he always had his eyes right. on you. <laughs> well, I was easy on him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least with that disease, he had something easy on his eyes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he was a funny guy. He did do, he did do a lot of funny things. Remember yeah. the time that you guys couldn't find his wallet? Yes. We had it. We needed it, we needed it because it had his ID in it. And, of course, when you go to the doctor nowadays, you can't just walk in and, and sign the sheet. You've got to provide, you know. Where all did you guys look for it? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> we tore the house upside down in Missouri. The house here, we tore upside down. Went through all of his clothes, jackets, because he always had this favorite jacket he would wear. And... Um, <laughs> and so we went through all of that, could not find it. And like, we have to have, cause it had a son that had a mm -hmm. and that we need that for the doctor's offices, you know, and we couldn't find it. And we come to visit from Idaho, come over here to visit. And JD and I was in the other room over there visiting together and talking. And he goes, Hey, you want to go down and have a pop or something together. And I go, J.D., now how are we going to do that? And he goes, well, I got a driver's license. I can drive you there. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'll pay you to go with me. And pulls out this wallet, shows me his driver's license, shows me his ID, and shows me some money he has in there. He goes, how much you want to, want to take me? And I go, J.D., I don't want your money. I think he had, what, five bucks? Yeah. Yeah, about five bucks in there. And I go, well, J.D., let me see your wallet. Because he, he, he gave me everything he had in his pocket. And I said, let me see your wallet. And I go, can I show that to James? And he goes, sure. He goes, why do you want to show it to James? And I go, because he, maybe he wants to know what you got in your pocket. He goes, why would he want to know what I got in my pocket? And I go, it's J.D., we're kids, you know. They're the adults. So we got to show him what we got. And he goes, oh, okay. We're playing the game, right? And I go, right. I go, you sit there. I'll go show the parents what we got. Okay. So I took it over to James and showed it to him. How did you find that? And I go, in J.D.'s pocket. I've been looking everywhere for that. And I go, hey, J.D., we found something that's important to James. And he goes, good. Then he fell asleep on the couch. Yeah, he <laughs> fell asleep like that. He would, in his shirt, we would take him to church on Sunday morning, yes. and he would fall asleep, and he'd start leaning and leaning and leaning. <laughs> so then you'd push him back, and then he'd wake up and look at you like, hey. But the people behind us, you know, I'm sure they, I they, I heard a few Snickers a couple of mornings, but, you know, they, they got to the point where they got used to it anyways. But um, I remember one time he uh, he had a, a, a little black lab dog named Lacey. And we have a huge black dog named Daisy. And uh, Lacey was, was really old, and so she couldn't come and stay at our house. So um, we uh, 
a friend pick her and but JD would call Daisy lazy all the time and he would get so mad at her he turned me off. Oh, he would get so mad at her because he wouldn't listen to her and he's like, Lazy, lazy And we're like, Dad, you gotta call her Daisy and she'll listen to you but he he always thought that she was his dog. So. <laughs> well, I remember that whenever I take JD by the hand, mm-hmm. he'd stand up. If I let go of his hand, he'd sit down. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted him to sit down, I'd just let go of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he had a button inside of his hand, push it, mm-hmm. make him stand up. Remember when we wanted him to come eat at the table? He wouldn't do it. Well, that was several times. <laughs> <laughs> it was only one time when I was here. But he had dinner ready and he wouldn't come eat. So I'd take him by his hand and he'd stand up. Mm-hmm. I walked him over to the table, let go of his hand, and he sat down. That's automatic. <laughs> push button. He would always take my sunglasses when we were in the truck. He'd always take my sun, my sunglasses, not his, mine, and put them on. So then I didn't have any, and I wasn't wearing his because they were the big old, old like pilot. Yeah. yeah. So James got a picture of him one time doing that. <laughs> Good memories, huh? Good memories. We'll have to maybe go visit him, see if he'll remember us, huh? Yeah. The day will come. The day will come. The You're day right. will come. What a glorious day that will be. Mm-hmm. I remember the picture I dream put on his wall. I told him that way he can remember about Jesus mm-hmm. in his bedroom. So, we, um, again, we've been talking speaking with Jennifer, and you got to hear my mom. <laughs> and so, anyway, the only one, if I had my other daughter here, you'd have heard the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to give the um, the Louis Body Dementia Resource Center. I want to give you a phone number on that. It is 516-218-2026. Again, the Louis Body Dementia Resource Center, 516-218-2026. And, and we want to tell everybody out there that has family members that deal with this, that our prayers go out to you yes. and that we know that this is a tough, tough thing to deal with. And that even with people with that has family members that have dementia, this regular dementia, our heart go out to you because it's not an easy thing for people to deal with. That's right. And if you guys even want to call into the station when we're on, on Fridays, call in, we'll talk to you with on that. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, quickly, a word to those who are dealing with this, real quickly. Um, I, I would say you have to be their advocate because they can't, can't talk, they can't there communicate. You, you have to, even though the doctor says this, if you don't agree with it, stand up, okay. say something, um, be, be their voice. Okay, good job. All righty, be their voice. What else can you say about that? Because we have Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out, and that's our mission statement. Be their yeah. voice. Hey, we'll be talking with you guys next Friday. Richardson, Texas, keep it up. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.